that's an interesting topic that uh, I kind of want to go over. And okay. by no by no means am I sitting here speaking to you as if I have education or like I can relate to whatever you're saying. Oh, yeah. throw it out there, you know. No, for sure. I'm speaking on you know from what I've seen from from the friends that I've had and from the people that have talked to me that say it is challenging to be in a position that you don't know whether or not to act. Do I have Mexican, do I have black, or do I have black? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, do I have black and my black friends, do I have Mexican and my Mexican friends? Like, that's confusing. How do we, we're human beings. We're, we're programmed to act however we feel like we need to act. Exactly. So I think just seeing, you know, how you present yourself and how, like, you talk, I can get the, the assumption. I can go there. I can get the assumption of, oh, I mean, yeah, he's probably white, mm. you know, because yeah. of the whole, well, just because you don't speak a certain way, or I don't speak Spanish, does that not make me Hispanic or Mexican? And why is that surprising? Exactly, exactly. It's the same, it's kind of on the same basis, but not really. But right. to make the point, it's almost like why is it that we're at a point to where it's not just white people trying to be racial towards others? It's it's all of us, you know. It's all of us kind of gentrifying. We are assuming that you look this way, so I'm gonna think that you're gonna steal a car or you're going to start, you know, using the F-bomb every other word, mm-hmm. you know, and if you don't do that, then I'm just going to assume that something's wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. So that, that's, that's interesting to, another reason why I think it's so like great that I'm learning more about you, you know, on this, we didn't really talk about you being, you know, hanging out with kids that were Jewish when you were young, but mm-hmm. I do think that adds depth to you, man. Oh, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I feel like, people that are like-minded or that are worthy enough to get to this point. I always try to bring on people that have a story to tell. So your story from what I've seen is your young years, it was almost like trying to figure out who you were, not really trying to, I'm going to be a superhero when I grow up, you know? Exactly. How at eight years old are you supposed to be like, well, how how am I supposed to be now? I'm not worried about 10 years from now. I'm worried about waking up the next day and wondering how my friends are going to treat me if I talk certainly. Exactly. Exactly. Um, growing up, yeah, definitely, especially career-wise, I felt like it was on, like, you know, a random character taker, and, like, you just saw the characters yeah. uh, going by, and I said, okay, that one, and then I just went with it, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No, I, I think that's a, that's a perfect scenario to put yourself in, because I don't, I feel like kids nowadays, they're becoming more realistic in what's attainable to get. Yeah. And I see these kids on TikTok, you know, learning how to do things, manipulate things at, you know, such young ages nowadays, it's crazy. You know, the education that these kids have and the access, exposure they have to technology or whatever that looks like, for them to be able to do certain things that I can never do at six years old is pretty, it's marvelous. Yes. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, I do feel like it is huge to be a dreamer. You know, like sometimes you gotta have that dream. You gotta have that that something that you put your faith in that you know you can only attain. And regardless if it's possible physically, mm. it, it's something you work towards. You exactly. know, and it, it turns into something. Regardless of it turns into that exact dream, it turns into something concrete that you can say that you work towards. And that's the important thing about dreams. Um, sometimes your dream is gonna shape, yeah, and shift and form to your circumstances. And I think it's up to us as creators to decide whether we want to roll with it or change it. Do you think um, Do you think a lot of the, the work that we do is created around a dream, I would say, oriented mindset? Or do you feel like everything has to be analytical? I don't know. For some reason, it's weird. I know that I'm supposed to do something creatively. I'll be for 
No, you're good, bro. Like, there's something, there's something in me that says, okay, you're supposed to do something creatively. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the art looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the results look like. I just know that I need to put my energy to creating something and bringing something to life that's in concepts. Right. Um, so that's really all I know for sure, you know, my gut feeling. Yeah. Other than that, I'm still learning art styles. I'm still learning a bunch of other stuff I haven't really uncovered yet as an artist. Yeah, and uh, that's cool because I don't feel like at any point you got to you gave off the impression that you knew everything that you're doing and you were the best at doing it. Exactly. You know, so I think it's it's really it's it's really interesting to see how adaptive you are to knowing that this might be the way it's done today, but I know in a year it's probably not going to be the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think we had that conversation of you know we're always having to learn more and more because there's always something new coming up exactly you know we talked about you know we we could go on a tangent for two hours talking about social media but (laughs) just alone talking about what vertical recording has done Mm -hmm. for not only creators but for everyone because you can stand by it i stand by it i feel like photographers at a very long time were professional because they knew how to take pictures horizontally Mm -hmm. they knew how to make creative work horizontally whereas What's everyone doing with the flip phone? Even you know before the whole smartphone, they're taking it straight up, yep. vertical. And now it's almost like we're put into a persuaded mindset to start doing that more because that is how people read things. We all read and access stuff on people's phones. And it's funny because like five, five to seven years ago, I would look at a vertically recorded video and be like, amateurish, yeah. not even worth my time. Yeah, go back to the horizontal ones, you know. So it's crazy how times have changed and standards have changed. Exactly. And to keep the ball moving with the whole moving to a different era, moving to a new, whatever the new is, I think it's so cool to see you that you don't get stuck in your ways. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you, you get to a point to where it's okay to keep certain things in your toolbox and make sure that you're moving along with that, you know, that piece in the back of your mind or in the back of your pocket. Exactly. But at the end of the day, to be able to adapt, I think that's what makes a successful creator one that keeps going and learning more things. Exactly. You said it perfectly, a toolbox. And sometimes that tool that you had, sometimes it's more important than ever with opportunities down the line. And that's the beauty about it. You're prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, dude. I, I'm happy to say that the work that I do produces the, the results that I have. And it's never given me the point where I'm like, oh, I'm fine. You know, I yeah. have done it all. Mm-hmm. And I think to look at analytics now and talk a little bit more about that where I don't feel like I'm an analytically driven person. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't ever want to sit to the point where I'm looking at a result and that's defining what my work is Mm -hmm. to me, to the people that are, you know, putting their money, time, their hours into it. I see it more as a, we can get better here Mm -hmm. and this is where we can get better. It's a learning curve. You know, it's something that you have to look at. And I think that's why I've always had like some kind of, war with salespeople and people that are based off commission because they are driven by numbers, which is great, you know, great for the industry. But for the work that I do, I'm in the people business Mm -hmm. and my, my work is driven by other people. If that makes sense. I'm not, I don't want 500 people to watch this and only get to five minutes of this episode or 30 minutes of the episode. I want 20 people to watch this that are going to watch the full thing and say, Hey, how can I learn more? And that's the right mindset to have. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you something. Um, when I first ran into your TikTok and I followed you, 
you start popping up on my for you page. Okay. This is towards the end of my burnout with TikTok. Okay. I was like, I'm doing everything myself. Something needs to change. Yeah. But you would keep on posting and posting workouts, motivational quotes, mm-hmm. and you don't know this, but that served as one of many motivations to keep me going. Same oh, PhD is what? No, seriously. And I think that's the beauty about creating as a creator. You really don't know who you're helping on that end of the spectrum. Right. So just keep doing you and you're helping out more people than you realize. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, that makes me... Hey, it's true. That makes me feel good. No, like, honestly, especially coming from a person like you who yeah. obviously is, you know, you're doing everything right you know, oh, in terms you. of work. Thank you. Um, but I, I look at it as the same way. You know, I see a camera in front of me mm-hmm. and there's times where I'm just like, Dude, I don't even know how I'm going to do this today. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm just like, what do I say to the camera that's, first of all, it's not going to sound corny. It's not going to sound not like me. And those are the two beefs that I've had with myself is, am I making this because I'm making it because I want to, you know, get a result out of it? Or am I making this just to kind of make it? Mm. And I always try to find purpose in everything that I do. Exactly. There, there are times where I can get away from that. But I notice that the people that are doing great things, and the people that are always constantly popping up on my for you page that are just giving this education always have a purpose behind almost everything they do. I see. You know? No, and see. that's kind of how, you know, I got onto what you did. And you brought, like, this whole creativeness, but in a learning perspective. And I'm like, I like the way he talks, you know, because I don't really like to watch videos that are just straight tutorials. Like, tell me a story. You know, yeah. give me some vibrant music or give me some vibrant upbeat, you know, narration behind it and I, I feel like you brought that to oh. that to that aspect you know the videos that you were making very short very quick to the point very just boom 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 and i go through the comments and i see hey man thank you for this i didn't even know 15 minute tutorial you, you broke it down xyz and you did this yeah money maker for sure and i was like dude heck yeah you you learn things so it's almost like i took kind of that from you and i was like Okay, I need to stop with this minute stuff, and now I need to start shortening it and getting to the point. Exactly. You know, that's huge. Exactly. And uh, you only have to be a little bit ahead to mm-hmm. teach and lead. You don't have right. to be this seasoned professional. Um, so that's the biggest lesson I got from Yeah, you. man. And it, like I said, the words of encouragement are always like appreciated on this side. Like, very humbly speaking, I'm, I'm glad that that's kind of what it did for you. And I'm I'm, ho- I'm hoping it does that for other people. It's a real event and, that uh, I noticed. Now, yeah. You know what? Like, why? How do I know VHD? That's what I ask myself when you hit me up. How do I know? And this is how I knew you. This is how I became familiar with you. Yeah. I got to know you. So. No, that's huge. Like I said, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, kind of. I know we've been going back and forth with your your story. You know, how your the way you were you were brought up and what you were around. But what I really found interesting that I wanted to touch on. And I think it's a great talking point for the podcast. Okay. I feel like it describes you. You know, I feel like it describes you in a in a situation that's real life. This is the interview you spoke about when we were talking on the on the call about you going into an interview and basically, you know, this recruiter or this person that's interviewing you asks you for the work that you're doing, portfolio, and you went ahead and created a portfolio based off of some non existent businesses. Mm. Go, can you explain that story to us and talk to us about the reasoning behind that? Because I think it would be great to have people understand why you did what you did. Of course. Um, so I w- was applying for jobs in my first year after graduating or not graduating from college. Uh-huh. And um, I would want to, I would make logos based off of characters, fan art, stuff like that, stuff that I liked, you know? And I would apply to jobs. Uh, specific industry jobs, maybe coffee shops, golf sport jobs, 
with my Dragon Ball Z and Naruto art. And people would be like, yo, this is sick. Mm. But what am I supposed to do with this, you know? Yeah. So I would be like, I, and this is a lot of for the creatives. I put myself in a mentality where, okay, you need to do all this free work for these real world, uh, real world brands and find these people. And then you can start applying for jobs. And that was very discouraging for me. Mm -hmm. So instead, I got advice from a YouTube video. One YouTube video can change your entire business model. Yeah. Hey, make the work up. And guess what? Sell the work once you're presenting it. And then tell them that it was all made up. Wow. Because that's the product. Making a brand believable, realistic. Yeah. So that's what I did with my first job. Jeez. Um, yeah, so. It I've never heard that before. Oh, really? I've, I've never heard that. I've come across points in my time of applying for jobs where I'm like, should I do this? Like, should, should I try to do this? And I think to myself, and I always talk myself out of it, like, no, there's no way. Like, mm -hmm. why, how would lying come off as trustworthy enough to be a, 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 an employee for them? Yeah. And by the way you explained it, I was like, Oh, dude, that makes full sense. You know, <laughs> you you went in there, you basically built this content off of stuff that you basically came up with in your head, and you presented. And I think the 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 powerful thing that you did in there was present the work. Exactly. And I think there's two things to interviewing. You know, it's having the ex some experience. I won't say all of it. Some experience that matches up with the job. It has everything to do with the confidence you go and walking in. Mm -hmm. But the presentation that you're giving of yourself is the most important. Yeah. I've come across people that probably have been very mediocre supervisors or mediocre employees, but they talk well in their interview. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I look at it this way. You went ahead and you did three hard things. One of them that was non-existent and the second one that was probably the most easy out of it, which was building work. Mm. And he presented it in a way that caught their attention. Because speaking matters. Speaking is it's a skill. It's not something that you can just pick up, you know, by talking to a couple of people. No, you gotta sound intelligent. Exactly. You know, you gotta sound like you know what you're doing. You gotta have the conviction of this is what I have to, to show you, you know, however you wanna say it, but you know, I have this business and this is doing this, this and this, I brought this to the attention, this is the why, this is the ROI, this is all this, boom. Mm -hmm. And that's where they're like, oh, you know, we he just answered all of our questions and a three-minute speech. That's that's powerful, man. And what's crazy is that I want to say about two years ago, I went through a weird stage where I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And I could not present it to a sound, so it sounded like I sounded like I knew what I was doing. Got it. So you can be skilled, but if you can't sell your skills, right, you still make no progress. It's uh, it's a reference that I like to use a lot with buddies of mine, where it's like Wolf of Wall Street reads all stuff in this pen, mm. and it's really as simple as that if you think about it. You no, know, that's um. I think we, you know, we tend to overcomplicate things as years go by, as more education is brought out or whatever, research, whatever it is. Exactly. But I think talking to people is so important because it really shows what you're interested, what you're interested in and what you're trying to do with the time that you have someone for. I look at interviews with people as a time to sell myself, but to learn about why people react to certain things and why they, you know, listen to certain parts. Yeah. And every time I've interviewed, I always pick up that they're always so drawn to the lowest part of my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's where I kind of got the depth thing where I was all, it's, it's a formula, you know, people want other people to work for them that have gone through things 
that they know they can pick themselves up from, or they rebuff on give a backbone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, nobody wants to hear like a fantasy story. You know, we that in the movies. You know, mm-hmm. Happy ending, whatnot. What people want to hear is real. What they want to see is real. And exactly. sitting in front of me is you know a kid that you know, he had basketball going for him. You know, moved around a little bit. And decided to walk into an interview and say, "Hey, this is the work that I've done. These are the businesses. Oh yeah, hold up! Before you hire me, this is a, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke." Yeah, and that's what really got them. They're not real. No, they're not in Chandler. They're not in Gilbert. Yeah, they're made up. They'll look them up. They're like, damn. So, what did that first job do for you? How how has that platformed you to where you're at right now? <laughs> so, the first job showed me what to expect when working in the Arizona creative industry and the creative industry in general. My first job, I worked at Cortex Visuals. It was a car wrap company, specialized in making uh, car wraps and other marketing materials. Um, So I learned how to work in a team. I learned how to work with realistic deadlines, learn consequences if you didn't perform on certain things. So just getting that general feel of what type of excellence is needed to operate a business was very refreshing and eye-opening to me. Yeah, because doing a, you know, I came from an environment where I would, I don't know, last minute in the final project, and mm-hmm. it would look half decent, and I'll get a curved, you know, grade for it. And yeah. So I was really not, I didn't know the expectation level of what was expected in the real world. That makes sense. Right. I, I, I appreciate you going in, in depth a little bit more on that. Um, do you think, you know, handling the, that job the way you did, do you feel like your career would have set a path that led down to where this is at this right moment, or do you feel like things would have been different? Things would have been very different. I probably would be still working there and making about four dollars extra an hour for the time spent there. Jeez. And so, I always like to start with the end in mind. Okay. And I'm not. You know, my salary was fairly, you know, mid, so I wasn't gonna stay there for too long. Right. Um, moving, moving from you know that role. Do you, the, the roles that you stepped in, you know, to, to get to where you're at, do you feel like you, you took things from them that you agreed with, you didn't agree with, and, you know, what were some of those things that you didn't necessarily agree with that you felt you wanted to do differently for yourself? Honestly, the things that I disagree with are things that are totally normal, and that's because I am not an employee. Right. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So... Normal employee allegations, getting in there, having to wear a dress code, stuff like that. Hated that stuff. Resented that stuff. I was still a fit. I always mentioned something about it, and it just wasn't me. And when I would do it for the pay, for the circle I was in, for the opportunity, it just wasn't me, you know? So, um, and I couldn't ignore or escape the feeling, no matter how much of a good job I was doing, how much I liked the people there, I couldn't escape the feeling. So, um, just learning okay, you're going to learn what you need to learn out of this and, you know, move on when it's really time to move on. Yeah. It's kind of like the career path I've been doing lately. And so I have to move on my own. And the realization of that is, is huge, though, because you'll have people that, you know, they hate the environment they're in necessarily, not necessarily the dress code, but, like, the people are working around, and it's always, like, a complaint, oh, I don't like this, I don't want to go to this, I don't wake up at this time, why do I get paid this money? Mm-hmm. But they don't really change that, you know? It's almost like a, a constant circle of life thing that they just seem to be in a nightmare on and they just continue to keep getting on the ride and go through it. Um, I don't believe everyone has an entrepreneurial mindset. I don't believe everyone has a mindset to run their own business and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But in your instance, I think, again, it shows that 
the personality that someone has to change their environment and find a solution and not just blame other people. And that's where I have an issue is like, I think anyone would love to start their own business that they would have interest in and have that run successfully or whatnot. Cool. Yeah. But the, the realistic item that I'm not appreciative of is the people that they blame because they don't have certain things. You know, and the only reason I understand that is because I used to be one of those people. Oh, really? When I was like 18, 19 years old. Oh, that's interesting. You know, like I'm 18, 19, I was just like, this. I'm not here because of this person and this person. I mean, if it wasn't for these two people, I would be somewhere else. You know, so it's like you can only control what you have in front of you. You know, what you're obligated to do, your role, your title, and everything else that's in between. You know, sometimes not even your title. But for you to go in there and just say, no disrespect, but I'm I'm gonna do my own thing. Like I understand why all this is in place. This is what corporate America is, but I don't I don't want this. Exactly. And you did that. Yes. The respectfulness and the way you handle it, I feel like is huge because no one ever talks about that. It's just kind of assumed that you're supposed to be a good person. I'll do you one better because there's a collateral beauty behind it. So um the first four jobs, first of all, my job history, I've only stayed at my full-time jobs for a year. Okay. So employer-wise, if they'll see it without seeing me, they'd be like, this guy probably sucks at what he does. Right. But my first four jobs, I quit unprofessionally. Um, okay. It wasn't like, hey, give me my two weeks. It's like, hey, I got a job upgrade. I'm sorry. Bounce. Oh, Bye. Sure. Okay. Um, so I learned to not do it that way. Right. But you eventually get used to learning how to quit and becoming numb to that fear mm-hmm. because you have the skill set. So I think people should focus on requiring a skill set to do the job. Yeah. And once you know you can do it so well enough, you don't have to worry about being fired or finding another job. You know? Right. Um, that's just from my perspective. No, and that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that you, you touched on that because there's always like there's always a question that ponders people say, when is it when is it appropriate to leave this job? You know, I just got here six months in. Like, when do when do I start thinking about the role? And I think the answer is right there from what you just said is, you know, learn how to do that role, and you feel like you have enough competence and enough, you know, background and portfolio work to be able to show that role. Mm-hmm. Now start looking. And I think it's right now our times is very challenging. It's a very competitive market now, mm-hmm. whereas it used to be four years ago. Oh, you know how to use camera? You know how to edit? Boom, you're hired. Mm-hmm. You know, we we needed that. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's like anyone that's 15, 13, and over is knowing how to edit videos now. Like there, There's no age that can't do this. So yeah. where can you get better at? And I, I, I resonate with that because I was kind of in a similar situation to where I was like, you know what, maybe I should start looking for another role. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, and I had you know people come up to me and say, oh, can you help me with this, this, and this? I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't know how to do these few things. Let me give myself the assistance and the training from other peers to help me teach that. And regardless of they think that I'm just trying to learn it, I'm doing this platform, my skill set, so I can get to the next place and be happy with where I'm at. Exactly. You know? So regardless, the hidden agenda part is within yourself, but it should be that way because everyone wants to move up. Exactly. You know, there's always a pyramid that you're trying to reach and the top, the end goal is whatever you want it to be. But like you mentioned, education has to be there mm-hmm. or else you just kind of look funky. Mm-hmm. And the- once you have the skills, you kind of put yourself in a position where you can say, okay, I'm offering more value than, you know, I'm offering value to this company. Right. Do I like this company? 
do I like the people around this company? Am I fulfilled? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be in a position where you have to like, you know, be like, oh, okay, let's just ignore that part because I need to make ends meet. Right. Um, so doing a lot more video. This is something I've been practicing for. So awesome. I'm excited, and this is a really cool experience. Yeah, man. I, I'm glad that you, you know, you took the initiative to to, to start, you know, doing your video again. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit because yeah. I know you said that you wanted to talk about it on our on our meeting. Um, what made you, you know, stop the whole content making for TikTok and Instagram? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll go into a little bit of the story. I originally made my Instagram with the wrong intention. I made it because yeah. I wanted to look cool. Okay. And I wanted to have a lot of followers and I didn't have a lifestyle to betray yeah. what got a lot of followers. So mm-hmm. I said, what's the next best thing? I have my skills. I'll just start posting artwork. So um, I started posting artwork, and at the beginning stages, I was living with dormates. They roast the hell out of me from my artwork. Roast me, it's not good, like I was this competitive, and I'd be like, you know what? They're right. God damn it, if I stop now, I'm gonna look like a bitch. Mm-hmm. So I kept going. And once I kept going, I would get, hey, can you do this for me? Hey, yeah. can you do this for me? Hey, can you do this for me? And all of a sudden, six or seven months down the line, I have 5,000 followers and I'm making more money than anyone in my dorm room and they're not making fun of it anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, past the 5,000 followers, I got really addicted to posting, keeping on top of social media and okay. stuff. Um, and then I would say about a year of posting on social media, I eventually built this reputation that I was the logo guy. And although I did specialize in making logos, I knew that I wanted to make value-based content and I really had to think about what content do I want to deliver to the world that right. fulfills me. And making a logo is one of the tools in my bag of tricks, you know? So I did not want to be regarded as a logo guy. I wanted to be regarded as the problem solver who takes business ideas and business concepts and makes them a reality by giving you that first month of traffic, showing you sales and a business model to make it real. Yeah. Um, and you can't just go on the internet and draw that up or say, hey, here's how you make X amount of sales a month. Mm-hmm. You need to build some type of rapport. So around the stage, just when I was making TikTok and stuff, I was making tutorials to try to provide value, Yeah. but it would be about logos and Photoshop tricks and stuff. And I saw my path going down to being a Photoshop tutorialist or an artist like that. And that is not what I am. I'm a problem solver, hustler, survivor, will learn anything, to get it done type dude. Um, so I eventually took all this time since stop, since I stopped posting on TikTok to build rapport with SEO. And I found a way to do that without working with, with working at a nine to five without being an employee at a nine to five. Okay. And it's called being a serial entrepreneur. So this way companies will hire you to be their marketing function and they will hire you the company, sign a, not W9, I'm getting some blinking out. Uh, 99. Oh, 99 contract. Okay. You open up in a business account and they start paying that business account. So my personal uh, earnings is zero. My business account, my business, they have all my gross income. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, I like that. I was able to play with budgets for SEO, my marketing campaigns, my ideas with larger budgets, budgets in the thousands, the ten thousands, the hundred thousands. And 
I was never able to do that by myself, you know, making logos, trying to raise that funds up myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was able to make sales and start making consistent sales by doing consistent practices, I said, you know what? This is the product right here. This is what I want to talk about. Um, I also, and this is what I want to teach other people how to do for themselves. Because anyone can open up and make a business that makes sales. And it's crazy to say that now because I didn't believe that two months ago, three months ago. That's wild. You just taught me something. And I, you know, I know, you know, the W-2-4s, you know, I know all the paperwork process, the 1099s, the contracting. So know that you can do something like that and to know that you're doing that. That's, that's knowledge, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's knowledge that needs to be shared because I feel like a lot of people have that same mindset of, you know, so many ideas and strategies that could be put to a concrete dollar sign. Mm-hmm. And to see that you're doing that, you have something for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think you can definitely, you know, share that knowledge and teach people on the right ways to do that. And of course. Flourish. You of know, course. Whatever that looks like. I'm not even talking about money-wise. Whatever, whatever happy and happy motivated you are to making content, making strategies, helping people, you're going to flourish because I appreciate right that. there, bro, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Chasing the money, no matter how you do it, it's just so empty and unfulfilling. And it's easy yeah. every day you do it. You it's, know? it's tough. I'm not even like, dude, I can't even talk about money like that because I've never really been able to attain something like that. But to see these people that have, you know, all the money in the world, and I actually want to kind of tie that into what you talked about. Um, you started your Instagram account and TikTok account because you wanted to portray a lifestyle that you didn't have. Yep. I can relate to that because yep. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because we catch at times, I catch myself at times saying, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm going to make sure I post it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I look at it at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, dude, not. I don't care. That's not me. You exactly. Know? Why did I post that? Like, because I'm out, you know, in Vegas having a good time, you know, drinking. Like, that's not what my purpose is. That's not how I want to be portrayed as, oh, the guy that drinks a lot, the guy that goes out a lot. That's, that's not it. Exactly. So being mindful of stuff like that is huge because then you start seeing clear, oh, shit, this, I need to take a step back. You mm-hmm. know, uh, the stuff that I'm trying to do is not what I can live or how I want to live. Because you start overthinking stuff, you start, oh well, I don't have this yet, so I'm waiting till I get this, buy this, and then okay, now I have you know time to do that. It's this ongoing process, bro. And for you to say that, it's another reminder of do which with what you have. You know, exactly. you always hear the great people saying, do with what you have. You know, you never have not enough stuff to do stuff. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think it opens up the door of where social media has gone. It's kind of scary because it's almost like a an, an, an it's an unauthenticated app that we're going to to share a fake happiness with people yeah. to get some sort of result from it. Exactly. You know, and for short instances or not, I get on TikTok. I make the content that I do. You know, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's educational, sometimes it's motivational, and then the result is people think I'm gay, <laughs> and yeah. In the comments, we're at, oh, are you sure you're not gay? And then it's to the point to where you can do everything right mm-hmm. and still get that negative assumption in that case. I'm not even saying negative to what they're calling me. I'm just saying the negative assumption of something you're not. And that's where you got to bite your tongue and be like, that's what that's where we are in social age. 
That's where we are. If you are going to have a, a, a profile, be ready to take on the heat. Just like your roommates gave you shit for that. Mm-hmm. I started my podcast in 2018. Everyone was exes, people that, you know, didn't really know if they liked me or fucked with me. Yeah. Oh, bro, your podcast is shit. Yeah. Why do you do that? I'd be at the bar and be like, oh, you have that podcast? Good luck with that, bro. Like, what are you even trying to do with it? When podcast wasn't even huge, you know, mm-hmm. I was doing this shit since, you know, before we're at this age now. Mm-hmm. And I saw and said, no, I'm going to keep doing it. Like, I really don't care what you got to say. But you know about it. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know I have podcasts. Exactly. So I'm, about it. I'm getting to you. And lo and behold, the more, you know, the more consistent you get, the more people that start to notice you get the good ones. You start reading out the good ones, the good people that are, hey, I want to pay for this. Hey, I want to come on your podcast. I would have some good topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, it's, oh, bro, how's your show going? You know? Hey, I haven't seen you drop an episode. Like, what's going on? You got to share that, man. Like, you got to keep going. And that's where that one positive comment can overdo all of the bullshit that you've gone through, you know, and I flip of the switch. You know? Exactly. And that's huge. Exactly. I'll say that. That's huge for you to keep striving on something that no one else is doing and put yourself where you're at now. Oh, I appreciate that. And I feel like people, they test you. They yeah. test you because they always say, okay, he's trying this new thing. Is he really committed? Right. So they'll try anything, you know? Yeah. I feel like people already know what bothers you and what to say to bother you, you know? Whether your art sucks, yeah. uh, you're gay, you're not working out, you're weak or whatever, you're, you know, something like that. And you... If you do react to it in a negative way, it's kind of saying, okay, they're right. You know, the validation is, you're proving their validation. Yeah. So for you to not, uh, you know, go against the grain and submit to them, it builds that mutual respect. And they're like, he's still doing it. Yeah. yeah and that's cool. I've never looked at it that way where they're kind of holding you accountable to that. That's, 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 cool that's what it is. That's a cool mindset shift that I've never thought of. I, I looked at it more as a people. I would come from a small town. You know? mm. People live through other people's work and other people's jobs, other people's life. Yeah. And that's how that's how my town is kind of surrounded around. There's there's good people in my town, a lot of good people. Mm. But just as much good people, there are some people out there that want to see you fail. And I always saw that as, damn, you're really looking at me at what I'm doing and hoping and wishing bad on me. Mm. I feel sorry for you. Mm. I do, I truly do. Like I'm sorry that whatever I did to hurt you or whatever I did to cause this pain has brought you to watch everything that I'm doing and hopefully think that I'll fail. Mm. But now that I have that, what you just said, it makes a lot of sense because who else is going to hold you accountable? You know, sometimes that inner person inside you, it's not, you know, you're going through some shit, you know, you're depressed, you have anxiety, whatever. Sometimes that outsource of, hey, you suck, is the boom. All right, let's pick it up. You know, like, it, it can be. It, no, it, yeah, it I can. can. So it's like, there's different ways to look at it, and I, I like that that mindset that you have. I'll tell you what, the mindset came from posting and not posting again, because very interesting things happened that I noticed. One, once I stopped posting, nobody would hit me up socially. You know, people yeah. who didn't see my post daily would forget about me. Like I was a feed in their life. Oh, so cool. people who I considered friends who do daily activities and stuff, they would stop hitting me up, not because they like forgot about me, just right. because they weren't used to seeing me in their daily routine. So that's something you have to take into account of. Once you start posting, it's like you're a citizen of society again. Right. I'm not on my island creating and playing and people want to invite me out to do stuff or do stuff like that. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not just lonely here. I'm just not talking to anybody. Yeah. I'm not hitting anyone up. People don't know what I'm up to. 
So once you have that mindset, and I've been through that twice already, and I'm like, I would call them fake, have this chip on my shoulder, be like, yeah. fake friends, not. They don't, they don't see you every day, so you're not in a daily mind of this, you know, too hit up. So having that mindset going forward, if anyone does hate on you moving forward, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Right, yeah, you're doing They're invested, right. they care. For sure. Yeah. Um, to touch on the friends part, do you think that there should, no, we'll talk about friends. I talked about okay. friends with the, um, Hammy, who's the gym owner, and we talked a little bit about what defines a friend, what defines a colleague, and all that. Okay. But I'm going to only get your take on it because you brought up another good point about, you know, social media is kind of like a friendly reminder of, oh, you're still here, you're still doing it. Yeah. Do you think a true friend, well, how do you define a friend, should have to have a reminder for you to constantly be posting to say, hey, come out, hang out with us, come out with us, or hey, how are you doing? Do you feel like that's a friend, or do you think it's more than just you being on social? So my definition, my expectations of what a friend is has drastically changed from college to the real working world. Okay. And it's changed in a healthy manner where in college, if you were my friend, you're like a power ranger to me, you know, in the power yeah. ranger squad, you were my boy. I would take yeah. a bullet for you and stuff like that. And we kind of are endangering, endangering ourselves. Once we do that and apply that mindset, especially to someone else who doesn't know that, because the second they fall short of that expectation, you have trust issues. You, you know, question reality. Is he really your friend? Right. But that's not their responsibility uh, for them to answer those questions for you. You have to answer those questions within yourself. So I like creating moments. Like memory, I like creating moments, living in the moment, creating memories. Uh, and moments doesn't have to be something grand, like we go to Vegas or something. Moments yeah. is like, hey, let's go, let's go go-karting. Fuck it, because it's me and you going go-karting and we're going to fuck around and shift all over, over these 12 year olds you know and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and have fun like that's a moment you're sharing it with you that's a bond you know yeah um so with friends friends i i i know that you need to create mutual value with friends so there are friends i still have from college or high school that we have no value exchange yet and i hit those friends up periodically um to do certain things that we bonded over. Mm -hmm. Basketball, video games, working out, drawing, tai chi, jiu-jitsu, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. you know? Um, the friends who I'm in business with and we have a business relationship with, I do those things, but they get more time because it's value-based. Yeah. We're exchanging different value, you know? Um, what I've learned from this is that with a friend that you have personal responsibilities, and your responsibility is to be more communicative, communicative than them and your friendship. Because that means you're the better friend. And so that's how I go about my friendships now. I will hit my friends up and be annoying. Yeah. And be pestering them up. <laughs> so they know, hey, motherfucker, I love you. And I'm still thinking about you. And to the people I stop doing that, they'll ask, are you mad? Like, what's wrong? You know, like, how come you haven't, you know, set us up in a while? So people really start to value and expect that. And um, side note, but I learned to randomly start hitting people up because I had this one friend on Instagram, shout out to Sean, my boy. Mm -hmm. um, he sends me memes and I don't respond. Oh, either I'm busy, either I see it and I don't respond. And I think in my head, this man's probably gonna hate me because I'm not responding or something. Till this day right now, he will send me a meme. That's like, great. Funny. That's and you great. know- How long has he been doing that for? He's been doing this for six months. We met earlier this year playing basketball. He's been doing it for six months. Okay. 
great guy. The craziest part about it is, is that of those six months, there's one day where I had a shitty day. Nothing was going my way. Nothing. I felt like a loser. I felt like I had a task, wanted to, you know, go back or whatever. I opened up one meme that he sent me like a week ago. And I laughed so freaking hard at the meme because the meme was relatable to a situation we shared. Okay. And the meme that he sent is because he thought of me and that relationship. And that right then and there made me feel like, okay, someone is thinking about me and appreciates me other than the value that I'm producing. So that communication rule came from that little practice. That's my friend just still sends memes. He doesn't know about it either. He still sends me memes. So he, he, but that's the point is he's sending it without the, the no, care in the world or the value of the you would open response. I've literally been ghost on social media, working on my life. He will still think about me, send me memes. So that's very powerful. That's huge, man. That's yeah. something to hold on to for sure. I think it's it's all it's interesting because again, I'm never gonna say that I have the clearest, the most accurate answer of what a friend is. I think everyone can define a friend in whatever way they want to, and that's where the, the issues can evolve in communication or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you described it as your business friends and your your friends, you know, that provide value to you on your everyday out exterior life. Yeah. I think it's huge that you you prioritize them that way because I feel like if you're trying to mix both of them, if you turn into well, fire is it that you answer his call, you know, six hours out of the day, and then mine only three. Yeah. Well, bro, he's paying me. You're not. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's cool that you do that because I again another learning thing of. You can have friends out inside and outside of business. Mm-hmm. Maybe challenging, but you can. Mm-hmm. And I guess my overall point, or just overview of what a friend is and how I define a friend, you know, I see everything, people, it's transactional. You know, you are going to get something out of me. Mm-hmm. And you're damn right that I'm going to expect something out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I, w- I would say my, my friend group is very small, circle of maybe six, five or six. Three of them, about three from high school. Uh, and then a few that I met when I started my first job at a Boys and Girls Club. Okay. So definitely tighten it. You know, they've all met each other. I'm the guy that, you know, brings everything one together when we go back to town, we go to the bar. The group leader. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The group leader. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, I'm the guy sending out texts like, hey, bro, how you doing? Calling, hey, how's everything going? Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you just graduated, blah, 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 whatever. But sometimes it's like you said, the ringleader, you know, needs some type of value back. Like, yo, call me. Mm-hmm. You, you come out to Arizona. You know I live in Arizona, but let's figure something out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not always met, mm-hmm. you know, and the, con- and the the communication thing is huge because that's where I can honestly say I can do better about, hey, bro, like, just let me know when you're up here. You can stay, you know go eat or whatever and we'll go from there mm. but what I found is not everyone defines a friend as like you and I have talked about you know like some people really just want to use you for what you bring or offer to the table and then that's that which is fine you know yeah, you can't but blame them. the communication part is huge because it's like I've learned now with people that I come across, like what what is it that you're truly looking for? And it sounds it sounds corny as fuck, like it does. But why are friendships defined differently than a relationship? You know, just because it's me and you 
And I was asking, well, what, what are you looking for in a friend? Mm-hmm. You know, you looking for a guy that's just trying to go out, you know, nine to two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but I can't do that anymore. Like, yeah. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I work, you know, I work in my craft. I work outside of my work, but I'm down to have a few drinks, you know, once a week. Or I'm down to go out maybe once, once a month, maybe twice if it's just like a casual drink. But that's what I'm talking about in terms of what are you trying to get out of me? How can I get something out of you? You know, I tried the whole business, like, hey, you know, you have like-minded mind as me. Let's try to work together, do something together. Mm-hmm. But I want you as a friend first. You know, mm-hmm. I want you as a boy, like as a homie. Like, we we got each other. Didn't really work out and pan out that way. And it's like, okay, 26 years old. Going to be 26 next year. Okay, same here. You know, I'm so it's like, friends are fucking hard to make nowadays, man. They can be hard to make because... We all have lives. Yeah. But I think that's an excuse because I can make time for stuff I want to make time for. You know? Like so you said it right there. You can control what you bring out right. of friendship. And I think people need to stop obsessing what the other friend does or doesn't do. Yeah. And be in full control. We're going to make another point. I'm going to cut you off. No, no, no. Uh, uh, go for it. Um, that's the biggest thing because how many times do you find yourself being like, well, why didn't he call me back? Or, you know, why didn't she text me back as fast as I texted her? Who cares? Because you're doing it to other people probably on your phone. And you know that everyone's busy because everyone has bills to pay. <laughs> so right. who cares, you know? The friends that do respond, the friends that do cherish your time together, they'll show for itself. And then it's up to you to see if you want to nurture those friendships and or cut off you know, those ties. Yeah. Something yeah, exactly. really important that I found a slight adjustment is spending less time with friends when you do hang out with them. Sometimes not even more than two hours. They'll be confused. They'll be like, why? They'll be like, oh, I just got someone after I got an appointment to make. Say something. Right. But that <laughs> that little time adjustment increases your value, increases your presence value, increases everything you have to say. And it's it's sickening to see, but the next time you hang out with them, they're more valuable, your time more attentive, what's off their phone, not looking on Tinder. Yeah. But do stuff, you know? It's crazy, but it works. It, it is. And I think that's kind of where, you know, where we're at with the whole thing, because when all my friends are back home. So it's like in New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So all of them are home. Well, I got one in Atlanta who's coming down for, for New Year's. But oh, yeah. I think it's it's a struggle because you know we're twenty six and yeah, I I'm the youngest in my company right now. But my mindset has always been you know I'm gonna work hard. You know I'm gonna try to make what I can make, and I want to get to a point to where you know I don't really gotta work as hard anymore. Like I'm not trying to work till I'm seventy years old, man. Like, yeah, I want to work. And work my ass off so that by the time I'm 40, I don't want to work that hard anymore. Exactly. Know? I'm just trying to live my life. Exactly. Not everyone has that mindset at 26. And that's okay. Trust me. I'm not better than anyone. I am not living my life perfectly. But what I will say is there's people out there that have the same mindset as me that are going to be down to hang out on a Friday night inside making content, talking, you know, shit about whatever. And having a good time rather than being out buying cables for five, six hundred bucks and you know going crazy every weekend. Yeah, I, mean, I know there's people out there, you know? Yeah. So it's like it is a struggling time because I had this conversation with my girlfriend because I'm like, babe, I, I need to make friends. Like my my New Year's resolution right now is to find people that I can build a relationship with and really have that opportunity, not the result of having that friend, but the opportunity to create a friendship. Okay. You know, yeah, so that's true. kind of where where things are at. But just alone on the friends part, it can be tricky, you know, at our age. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone has their own shit. 
Everyone's like a kid at a gangster. They have so many yeah. options and nothing is um, assured. So what they do is this option, no, I don't like the way that's going. This option, no, right. stay committed. So like I said, value your time and make sure you're doing your part in the friendship. You'll have no deal if the friendship ends. No, that's facts. Yeah. That's facts. So we're, we're, we're about an hour and some change in that. Okay. Like I said, I've appreciated you, everything that you shared today. Um, I would say the last 10 minutes, I really want to get a little bit deeper on, you know, your why. You I talked about what you've done. You talked about, you know, the, the, the process to where you got to with the interview, to the work that you're doing, to the reason why you stopped Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. But really, why is it that you do the things you do? And what was that point in your life that really flipped the switch and said, I need to get my shit together. I want to get my shit together. Um, for sure. So my why to do what I do, um, it's honestly for stability, something in my family history that was very uh, precious to us. And not many people had the discipline to do it right. Okay. You could say that my parents were kind of fiscally irresponsible. And it wasn't because of them, it was because of the surroundings. They didn't know how to become financially stable. They weren't encouraged to pick up, you know, rich dad, poor dad, and one of the differences about money, saving habits and stuff. And uh, they're at a point in their time where their reliance on someone else to do the heavy lifting for them that they couldn't do. And I used to be scared of that challenge. I used to have no direction as how I was going to handle that challenge. But now that I'm succeeding in what I like doing, I have a real reason I can take care of my family, multiple generations of my family, with the efforts I put in. I just have to be accountable of myself. So that's not why. Yeah. Did you you write that down or something? No, I actually just read that down right now. Yeah. <laughs> not even, no, bro. Not even like not even laughing because that's that's powerful, dude. Yeah, it's a that's it's real. It is. That's just I don't know. Like that's some G shit. Like touching overall, you don't have to do like you said. You don't have to be that person that takes care of your family. You could easily do it, or mm-hmm. you know, you just let them go. Mm-hmm. But for you to look at it that way and take that kind of perspective of I'm, I'm the guy, like I'm, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I think it says a lot about your character, you know, and what family means to you, regardless of what how you feel like or what was done, what wasn't done. How you were brought up, how you weren't brought up. Mm-hmm. I think the overall characteristic that tells me about you is you you love, you know, like you truly mm-hmm. love, and regardless of how you feel towards that, you're doing it, man. Like, I appreciate that. You're putting that good energy into the air. You're putting that love into the air for not only just your family but for yourself. No, oh, yeah. It's easier to go to bed at night knowing that you're helping someone out, regardless of the circumstance, mm-hmm. rather than going to bed at night resenting stuff that you have no control exactly so it's easy to say that you can be successful and you get ever give everything back like i'm some sort of saint right um but i definitely there's things that i've been through in my life that can greatly help people who are going through similar situations and if i can portray that in a way where it's useful i'm all set you know i've done everything i need to do in this world yeah man i would say you know not even to, to try and touch to anything that you know that goes into that mm-hmm. but i challenge you man I, I truly challenge you to make this year about touching and diving into a little bit of that because I guarantee you, like you told me how I helped you with motivating you to do some stuff. 
I guarantee you there's people out there in your similar situation that are looking for that call, mm-hmm. are looking for that that reach of like, dude, I know someone else is going out, but why is it just me? Why is it me? And they see someone like you, regardless of what that is, and you share a little bit of that. I think it's it it gives more of a personality to yourself. And I know we talked about, you know, I've gotten that, you know, I'm stuck up or that I'm cocky or that I'm this. I think that humanizes you a little bit more and it shows that, oh shit, bro, like he's not just this dude that has, you know, numerous clients that's making money and you're living his life. Like everyone has some shit to him, bro. Everyone has baggage. Mm-hmm. And not no one needs to know your baggage, but at the same time, people want to know you. You know, people were dying to know who you are, commenting, hey man, you know, it's a sick logo. They, they want they want to feel you, they want to reach you, you know, at some personal level. And I think it's always good to have a little bit of that personality show out in your brand because a brand is a person. A brand is somebody that can share what true feeling is. And, I, and you got that. Bro. I appreciate it. You know? So. Exactly what I was going to say. Um, I'm in a unique situation, and this is kind of how I want to pan out, where the last six months I was in the plateau of hitting a certain financial goal, my business is something. Yeah. And I'm in a situation where it's just starting to snowball up. So making content now rather than making content once I'm at the end point saying, this is how I made all my sales and showing the screenshot. Yeah. I think that's how I want to portray my content. And yeah. it's by actually doing the work in front of them and explaining why I did what I did, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm going for this year. So I accept your challenge. Yeah, I'll yeah. back on uh, video platforms. I love that. I love that. Um, a cool thing, I feel like the last, and it's, it's crazy how it always pans out. There's always like a, Regardless of beginning, middle, and there's always 10 to 15 minutes in the show that it's just this, the, the glue of what people want to hear. You know, it's just, oh, yeah, he's doing great in this, he's doing this, but, you know, everyone on your podcast is doing good at something. Like, what's different about this? And then there's those 10 minutes of, like, that true feeling and emotion coming out of, like, oh, shit, that's deep. Mm-hmm. I think that this is your part. And to, to add more to that, it's, it's interesting how every story that is told is a movie, you know? Yeah. You're your own main character, bro. Like, that's crazy that I'm looking at you and you're telling me your story. And the greatest part about doing this is I get to envision what your story looks like based off of how you're telling me it. Exactly. And what I do is I tell it through, you know, a platform that allows people to create that vision or that piece of visual art that's like, oh, wow, I can see him actually going to do this, starting from zero, coming up to this, and seeing where he can go. Mm. So I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I you appreciate know. you having me on. I yeah. Really share my story like I did. So Yeah, so, again, what you do, the reason why you're here is all because of that underdog mentality you talked about. Oh, yeah. You know, going into, you know, we're sitting here, we're in 2023 right now, by the time this episode's out. Mm-hmm. What are what are some things that you would tell you know your your people that comment on your videos or they used to or people that are wanting to kind of do something along your your lane or your 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 I would say your specialty? What would you have to tell them? Um, I would say that if you're passionate about doing something and you know that it will provide you know general use in the world and you have standards of how you like to distribute that product or talent. Um, Make sure you have the ability to adapt to your situation while not jeopardizing your end goal. 
that means that you have to work a nine to five to make sure you're saving up to save up, you know, four months income to invest into your other side hustle. And once you quit or something like that, make that change. If you have to learn, for example, right now, I'm learning how to, there's so much things that AI is saving me right now. I have a free business phone number that I used to pay for. I have a free virtual assistant that I used to pay for across overseas. So using that and using those adaptations and or using that type of stuff and adding it to your main purpose or your goal is how you're gonna get there. That's right. Can I say that one more time? Or is it not one? Nah, that's that's it. Yeah, we appreciate your time, bro. Thank you, man.